Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, love is what you make of it. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani welcoming you to another session of self-coaching. Where real life emotional struggle, whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship conflict, losing weight, or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed, teaching you to become your own best coach. And before starting today's podcast, I'd like to mention that if you have any questions, requests, or ideas for upcoming podcasts, by all means, please send us your suggestions. And that would be at selfcoachinghelp, all one word, at AOL.com. That's selfcoachinghelp, excuse me, selfcoachinghelp at AOL.com. Thanks. And now, today's podcast. Well, I'd like to welcome you to another podcast. And some of you may be familiar with the uh, children's books, Finding Waldo. Finding Waldo is this little books that have all these little characters and little complex little people, and you have to find Waldo. And Waldo has this, I don't remember exactly, but he has like this striped shirt or something, something that makes him unique in these, in these caricatures. And you have to kind of browse very carefully through to find out where the heck is Waldo? Well, today's podcast is, it's not the title, but we asked the same question, Where's Lauren? I mean, this has gone on now for quite some time. And like Waldo, we have to keep hunting. But I assure you, Lauren uh, assures me that she will return. She is really in the midst of a very complex scheduling issues right now. And she's uh, getting through. And, you know, with being a teacher and uh, self studios and all these commitments she has, but the school year will be winding down and Lauren will once again return. So from now on, we just say, where's Lauren? She will return, promise. So I thought the title for today's podcast might be, starting out with a question, life got you down? Well, I'm going to give you three self-coaching ways to not feel powerless. So the next time you're dead-ended by life, and it happens to all of us, you know, we just kind of feel stuck. When we feel stuck, sometimes we feel overwhelmed by problems, worries, you know, and what do we want? We just want relief. But rather than caving into those feelings that just seem to swim around endlessly, we need to try to recognize that what you really need is really what I might call a simple perceptual upgrade. Now, an upgrade that begins with the acknowledgement that just because you feel dead-ended and powerless, it doesn't mean you are. Now, why do I say this? Well, simply because from a self-coaching perspective, feelings are not facts. And that's, that's really worth repeating. Feelings are not fact. How many times do you say, I feel I just can't? or I feel she'll never, all right? So we use that word feeling as if it's a factual occurrence. But keep in mind that just because you feel something, well, it's gonna take some scrutiny to decide if those feelings are in fact fictions, emotional fictions. And that's kind of where we're gonna to go today. 
So when insecurity-driven feelings, rather than facts, contaminate your perceptions, well, if, if that's the point that you're at, then life can feel just like one long, miserable dent disappointment. Now, notice I said life can feel like that. We're not talking literally. We're not talking factual. But that's how it feels. So the next time you find yourself walloped by a problem, before you throw your hands up in resignation, let me offer you today three self-coaching, what I call self-coaching truths. They'll put you in the right frame of mind for separating these facts from fictions. It, they'll help you with clarifying your perceptions, moderating your reactions. But most importantly, these self-coaching truths will enable you to deal more effectively with any struggle. So let's begin with self-coaching truth number one. I will let life unfold. There are obstacles, but no dead ends. Hmm. Sometimes, you know, when you're walloped by life, you may feel there are no answers to life's difficulties. Uh, that is a dark place indeed. And rather than dead ends, a more apt perception would be bottlenecks. So a dead end, there are no possibilities. With a bottleneck, of course, we're, you know, we're compressed, we're challenged, but life can still flow. There are still answers. Because of reflexive, knee-jerk, insecurity-driven thinking, you may find yourself stumped or even bogged down. This is the dead-end portion of thinking. And remember, feelings are not facts. You are not dead-ended. It may feel like you're dead-ended, but it's a bottleneck. So what do you do? When you feel hopeless, recognize a, a simple truth. And, and this is where you have to become what I call active mind. And you have to scrutinize what's swirling through your head. And one of the things that when you feel hopeless, which is a, a feeling, which I mentioned just a few minutes ago, feelings are not facts. This is, this is an alert. Every time we have an alert, feelings are not facts. So when you feel hopeless, Recognize, number one, that it's a distortion created by insecurity. Feeling hopeless is not a dead end. Feeling hopeless is a distortion created by insecurity. You see, if you don't recognize it as a distortion, if you take a problematic situation, a dead end situation, and treat it as if it's a fact that hopelessness is a true fact, then, of course, you become hopeless. We become what we think. You know, it's that old self-fulfilling prophecy. And you need to keep in mind that insecurity will own you if it can convince you that you're hopeless. And, and let me backtrack a bit. Insecurity is an old reflex. You know, we, we, we're vulnerable creatures. We grow up in a vulnerable world. Uh, you know, we, we have, uh, you know, just the inability to always protect ourselves, especially growing up. 
you know, we, we rely on parents and loved ones to take care of us, but a child faces many challenges. And insecurity, you know, no one grows up in a perfect world, has perfect parents. As I've often said before, we all experience heartaches, loss, separations, illness, death. So insecurity is the human condition. And it sets us up to feel vulnerable on kind of a steady state basis, depending on the nature of both your resilience as a person and the experiences and circumstances of your life. Insecurity, everyone has to some degree or less. The more insecure you are, the more distortion, the more contamination there is. And insecurity, as it goes through life, becomes habituated. It becomes the backdrop to all that you experience. So that's why passivity of thinking puts you in a place where insecurity has much more of a, 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 an ability to dictate than if you scrutinize who in me is doing this thinking. Am I this mature thinking person having these thoughts? Or is this the reflexive thinking? I call it the child reflex. Is it the reflexive thinking of my insecurity? You know, and if you, and if you listen, it's not a voice, but if you listen to the voice of insecurity, your own thinking, it kind of has a characteristic childish tone to it. Oh, no, I can't. What am I going to do? Oh, and, and listen carefully, because you'll see there is a distinction. You know, our mature thinking is much more, well, for lack of a better word, much more mature. And insecurity tends to think in hysteroid kind of thinking, you know, catastrophic thinking, uh, black and white thinking, all or nothing, hopelessness, fear, doubt, you know, insecurity has a voice of its own. And it's not a calm, calculated voice typical of our maturity. So begin to listen for insecurity, because when you find yourself listening to insecurity, and you recognize that this is coming from a place of distortion, then you're in the driver's seat. You have an opportunity to say, wait a second, what are the facts? You know, you're aware of the insecurity-driven fictions, the emotional fictions. I feel I can't. It's too hard. You're aware of the feelings, the distortions of insecurity. But what if you were to just slow yourself down, take a deep breath? What are the facts? What are the here and now circumstantial facts? Sure, circumstances can be challenging. They can be daunting. But insecurity takes it beyond the challenges of the moment and distorts it to the extent that those circumstances, rather than becoming somewhat manageable, become hopeless. So that black and white catastrophic thinking of insecurity is what we need to challenge. So the self-coaching truth, number one, is to let life unfold. And by letting life unfold, you see, this is a, a very fundamentally critical part of self-coaching because control and insecurity go hand in hand. Insecurity wants to control life. Probably the most ubiquitous way we do that is through worrying. You know, what's going to happen before it happens? What's going to be coming around that corner? I need to be braced. I need to be ready. 
So insecurity does not wait for life to unfold. If you're very insecure and if you are passive to the distortions of insecurity, you're going to sit back and you're going to start wringing your hands, worrying, anticipating what's going to happen. And insecurity thrives on self-distrust. The more you don't believe in yourself to handle life, of course, the more you're going to rely on insecurity to try to figure things out. So once you realize that letting life unfold, and as Lauren were here, she'd be the first to talk to you about being in the now, being present. To let life unfold, that's the key, because then we are in a courageous situation where we can handle life as it unfolds, not with all of that preliminary anticipatory anxiety. And we're in a much better shape to deal with facts versus emotional fictions. So, okay, how can we encourage ourselves to let life unfold? Well, that takes us to self-coaching truth number two. I trust that my instincts and my intuition will serve me. You see, when the path is unknown or even murky and you find yourself stuck in a in kind of a panicky overthinking, what's really necessary is, well, it's, it's necessary to take a risk. Now, it, it, no doubt it's going to be hard to convince yourself that, that risk taking both of yourself and your life sounds, well, it may sound crazy to you. But if you're willing to loosen your death grip and allow life to unfold, you know, then things can begin to happen, to shift and to change. You see, trusting self in life, well, it's really not that complicated. Essentially, it's, it's really nothing more than a willingness to believe. You know, that's the let go, let life. Now, I understand. That's why I use the word risk. It's going to feel risky. Now, notice the word feel, quote, end quote. It's going to feel risky because you're not used to letting life unfold. You're used to, try, if insecurity is, is dominant, you're going to be more inclined to want to control what happens rather than to risk letting life unfold. Okay, so how do we get from controlling life to trusting our instincts and intuition? It's called courage. See, once you understand, once you fundamentally understand that insecurity, the reflex, the habit of insecurity is distorting your thinking, then you're in a position to convince yourself to, to really have the courage to take that leap of faith, to let go, let life. And it's not going to be easy to convince yourself because it's like telling someone who's a, a worry wart, stop worrying. They'll look you square in the eye and they'll say, you've got to be kidding. They're so used to worrying that if you tell them to stop worrying, it's, it's almost like you're saying, you know, flap your arms and fly. They're not used to letting go of worry because worry gives the illusion that you're protecting yourself that you're bracing yourself, that you're preparing yourself. So worry, anticipation, it gives you the illusion that you're doing something because you're not willing to let life unfold. 
you'd rather control it. And worry gives you the illusion that you are controlling life. Letting life unfold, it's a tall order. If you're so used to habituated insecurity control thinking, sure, it's a tall order. But just imagine with me for one second what your life would be like if you could live in the present without cluttering your mind with all those doubts, fears, negatives of what's coming down the road, of what you're going to have to prepare for tomorrow, what happens if this happens. What do you think your life would be like if you could sit back and just kind of one step in front of the other, reacting to life as it occurs? But you see, that's where the self-trust comes in. Because with self-trust, then you're willing to take that risk because solely because you realize that, you know, you do have instincts and intuition. You're a survival machine. You've proven that how many times in your life? You handle problems. You get through problems. You wouldn't be listening to this podcast if, you, if it weren't so. The more you get insecurity-driven thinking out of the way, the more likely you are to handle life in a more spontaneous, resourceful way. And it's true. You know yourself. How many times have you prepared or rehearsed if maybe for a job interview or talking to someone that's, that's a stranger that you're afraid to approach? How many times have you prepared, 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 and the minute you get in there, you forget everything you prepared and you just kind of go with spontaneity? When you get to that point, you usually do much better. So rather than over controlling yourself with insecurity, try to realize that once in a while, and you could start this out in small risks, once in a while, go unprepared. Now, I'm not saying don't prepare for a job interview. I'm saying, but once in a while, simple things in life, just approach these things without being rehearsed or overly rehearsed. Trust that you'll handle what comes your way. And one way to verify this is take your most intimate and close relationships. And in these relationships, you, you kind of let things fly, right? You're not sitting there saying, well, if she says that, what will I say? You just react. Some stimulus response. The other person says something, you respond. You do it all the time. See, so you don't have to always control your thinking. The more relaxed you are, and here's the key, the more trusting you are, like an intimate exchange with someone else, someone you trust, uh, the more relaxed you are, the more spontaneous you are, the more you trust your instincts. And how do you do in those relationships, right? You're open, you're glib, you take care of things, you, you, you feel good. About, yeah, because you've gotten insecurity out of the way. So truth number two, trust your instincts, trust your intuition. They will serve you. And now we go on to our last truth, self-coaching truth number three. Every problem has a solution. And sometimes you just have to wait for the answer. You see, this is a, this is a problem that, that really gets people hung up is because they're, well, we as human beings tend to be impatient. So what enables you to risk trust is a rational understanding that in time, every problem can be solved, dealt with, overcome. You need enough discipline. It's an important word, self-discipline. You need enough 
self-discipline to believe that you may have to wait for closure. Now, the more anxious you are, of course, the more difficult that is. You see, the insecure, anxious thinking is anything but patient. As doubts, fears, and negative thoughts swirl and swirl, you become more and more insistent that you need an answer now. You see, it's this impatient distrust that generates symptoms of anxiety and depression and moodiness and all other complications from gastric disorders to headaches to and anxieties and depressions and moods. You know, these are all contingent on the stress we put ourselves through when we handle life incorrectly. Rather than from a spontaneous source, we become impatient, letting insecurity say, I need to know, I, need, I can't go on with it. It's like a hangnail. I can't go on waiting. I've got to find a way to put this to rest. But just because you don't know, or just because you can't see the answer right now, don't make the mistake of thinking that an answer doesn't exist. Now, as I'm saying, of course, everything in you, depending on your degree of insecurity, is wanting to solve problems now, yesterday. I mean, but this is, you know, that's our nature. We're problem solvers at heart. And sure, it's wonderful to have answers. But, but let's say that, that you're applying for a job and, and you went to the HR and they gave you a whole battery of tests. And now you're sitting home, sitting by the phone, waiting for the results. Are they going to hire me? Did I pass? How did I do? So insecurity begins to churn some of that anxious thinking. And you want an answer. Now, as much as you sit by that phone, you're not going to make it ring. It's going to ring when the phone's ready to ring, when someone's got the answer that they're going to give to you. Now, you have, you have two choices. You can sit there pondering every question you tried to answer and how you did and whether blah, 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 blah. And you can start to really drive yourself you know, into an anxiety, into a sleepless night or two. Or you can realize that every problem has a solution. If you don't get the job, you'll figure it out. You'll find a way. I remember when I was young, when I graduated uh, from college, a friend of my family uh, was into uh, the stocks, stock, stock market. <laughs> and he, he said he could get me into an interview for the junior executive training program, the JET program from Merrill Lynch. And I thought this was the cat's meow. And I remember sitting down after those tests and the person telling me, well, we don't think you're right for this job. Well, I was devastated, I got to tell you, because, you know, this, this guy that recommended me was quite wealthy and he had his own 28-foot boat down there on the Hudson River. And it just seemed like such a glamorous lifestyle. And now I was rejected. Well, you know, there, that was a point where uh, I had a problem because I was stuck. I didn't have a solution. Insecurity was making me feel hopeless, rather depressed, I might add. You know, now that whole beautiful future that I had imagined has been snatched away. Little did I know that the answer would find me, that 
I would become enamored once more with psychology. I would start to pursue my graduate work. Thank you, junior executive training program. That's all I could say. But the answer, which ultimately turned out to be the most significant answer to my life, was to pursue psychology. It's so important to realize that we can't know as much as you want to know, but things do get solved. And some things don't get solved, but we do move on. Sometimes we, we switch directions. You know, there's the old adage that you take one foot forward and three backward. But, you know, sometimes even though we're going in the wrong direction, we wind up at the right goal. I think that these self-coaching truths are very important because basically the core of what I'm trying to convey in today's podcast is that there's insecurity and there's mature, active thinking. And when insecurity distorts, your life reflects those distortions. But life is to be lived. And the more you trust, the more you're willing to risk trusting, the more spontaneous you are, the more instinctual you are, the more you're putting all of your resourcefulness into high gear. And you will find your answers. And you will become more fluid with life itself. And if you really want to be a happier person, recognize that allowing insecurities, distortions to own you is a dead end. The bottleneck that I referred to in step one, well, that bottleneck begins to loosen up in time. Yeah, it's going to be a tight squeeze in the beginning because insecurity has been around so long. And it's been such an established habit, and you're going to have to work at it. You know, one thing about self-coaching is that, like playing an instrument, you can't just think it through in one day and all these habituated patterns will be gone. Practice is important. You apply yourself. So when you approach that bottleneck, keep in mind that as you continue to practice active mind, separating facts from emotional fiction, letting yourself in a mature thinking way to convince yourself that there are answers and you need to be patient sometimes. You need to find the discipline to recognize that you'll be okay. That bottleneck will begin to loosen up. And when I mean by the bottleneck loosening up, I mean that your, your true talent, ambition, maturity, your wherewithal to handle life, your, your instinctual nature, your intuitive nature will all be released. And that bottleneck begins to loosen and loosen, and you become the person that you need to be. Because we all have to handle this life one way or another. Some do it better, some do it worse. But your best way to handle this life and all the circumstances that confront you are when all of your natural resources are, are at play, not when insecurity is distorting. So that's about it for today. And, and visit our website, selfcoaching.net, where you can learn more about our self-coaching philosophy. So until next time, remember that being victimized by emotional struggle, well, it's not an option. By definition, Victims are powerless, and you are not powerless. So remember, everything is hard until you make it simple. So join me and hopefully Lauren next week, and let's make it simple together.
reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold